Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Welcome to Kith and Tell, a fan podcast about five cross-dressing Canadian comedians that somehow made it this far. I'm your host, Kalina McCordoff in London, England, and I am joined by, drumroll please, Hans Seidemann in Prince... No, wait a second, he's in Vancouver with our two other Canadian friends, Steve Derricotic and Trevor Record. Hi guys, you're all in the same house, good job. We're in the same room. We're all wearing pajamas. I I had to give Hans lower... Yeah. I'm borrowing Stu's paint-covered... Dirt bag, gym shorts. It's great. <laughs> You're welcome, buddy. Yeah. So, guys, I mean, we we have made it through 20 episodes. That's 10. That's a 10-hour mixed bag, essentially, of hilarity, sexual confusion, Canadiana, and of course, a big old slop of comedy mayo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is our season one wrap-up, and we're going to review our reviews. Oh, you better believe it. So, I mean, this is going to be tough, but we're going to outline a. <laughs> Our top three sketches of the season and the absolute worst. B, check in on our favorite kid, a.k.a. has anyone caved in to Team Dave Foliot? Uh, C, did any of the subject matter, references, or comedic tools surprise you this season? And D, what are we all looking forward to? None of you have better been watching ahead, but I will, I will take general <laughs> themes and recurring characters. Um, so we're going to start with our top three best sketches and just one, our absolute worst. What were the main stinkers of sketches of the season? Um, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to, I'm going to start off. Um, Please do. <laughs> interestingly, it was, you know, as probably most of us did, we went through sort of made short lists of best and worst, and it was actually much easier to list out the candidates for worst sketch rather than best sketches. And the thing is... The reason why they're bad, just really have a, a solid range from just kind of racist, you know, i.e. the Shark Hunter brothers, the interracial couple sketch, and the one where Scott decides to be an Indian woman, um, to incredibly juvenile, um, which obviously means we're talking about Grandpa's poo. <laughs> but if, <laughs> I love Grandpa's poo. Oh, <laughs> but I mean, it eventually came down to either Country Doctor, which is just absolutely excruciating. Oh, hot <laughs> I love no. Country Doctor. No. That's like saying you can't be friends with Hans. <laughs> <laughs> we have an unspoken and, agreement that none of us are friends with Hans. <laughs> and then the Eradicator, which is just way too long, Bruce McCullough. Yeah, Your hate for fair. the Eradicator stuns me every time. <sighs> no, that's fair. That's fair. It was no, garbage. at worst, it's middle of the road. <laughs> and then after the hockey game, I mean, the gay vampire jokes just don't what? do it for me. Um, I like that. <laughs> I think there's something in the British water that's affecting <laughs> Kalina's judgment. Yeah, these are all, I mean, Eradicator Okay, sucks. and then yeah, another one I'm, I'm sure... <laughs> Hopefully, all of us are on board with Wester, Weston Esterhazy. No one, no one likes that. No one likes that. Yeah, he and sucks. then and then also on my short list was pickup artist with tarantulas, and it ultimately came down to that one. It was just exactly. It's like eh, what? Eh. That one was just middling. no, but that's the point. It was so middling well, that it wasn't even funny, and so it's that one took the cake. And because why? 
Why does this man let tarantulas roam his house? <laughs> Why are they having to save a schoolgirl from a pervert artist? Seriously, who wrote that sketch? It's just, it's so middling of the own. Like, I get, I get what you mean. Like, it's, it doesn't, like, evoke any serious emotions of any kind. It's just bad. It just falls flat. It's bad. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. The comedic hooks don't exist. And someone really just... I'm shaking my head vigorously here. I'm wondering... I'm wondering if it's just viscerally distasteful because of the nature of how gross the character he's playing is. Because I think at worst, it's kind of surreal and dumb. I think that, yeah, it's surreal and interesting. And it's, you know, it doesn't land, but at least they're trying something new. To answer your question, though, Kalina, the reason he has tarantulas roaming free in his house is so that he can impress 14-year-old girls that he's intending to assault. (laughs) Right. Idiot. I get it now. No. (laughs) I love that you you stressed that we're only doing one worst and then you picked every episode that has ever come (laughs) up. I picked one. I still picked one. Yeah, but you got to run about being like, here's a short, short list before we get to the short (laughs) list. I suppose post Me Too, it's like hard to imagine someone ever ever having a a skit like this appear on a sketch. But I mean, in some ways, isn't that a nice milestone of how far we've come all right what were your best kalina so my short list for best sketch was actually a lot shorter than (laughs) i thought it would be (laughs) i was obviously tickled by the domestic dramas that were played out by bruce and scott in both salty ham Mm. and pre-vacation blowout and i've always loved Mm -hmm. the daves i know song and of course the sort of kevin Mm -hmm. dave dynamic in citizen kane and while no one really seemed to like them when we covered those episodes i really loved premise beach premise Premise! And the bass players, so underloved both as a sketch and a band member. Kalina, you loved the bass players so much, and (laughs) your heart broke when we didn't respond in kind. (laughs) I know. I I think it's It's good. good. It's just not. It was good, but like, I've never seen you get so excited about an episode, and we were all just like, "Oh yeah, I guess." It was just one of those. It was one of those <laughs> yeah. um, sketches that I I forgot existed, and when it came up, I was like, "Oh my god, this is really funny!" And no one else thought. So. I thought the mother, the father, <laughs> the preacher, the priest. I thought it was funny. It's just we didn't lose it as much as you did and it was, a, it was a slow burn it was a slow burn but then also another one i didn't feel like anyone else got excited about our um our extraterrestrials dull it was just a real, uh, really well middling i mean i don't know the answer to that but is that sketch dull yes <laughs> the our extraterrestrials dull is a good example of what they do super well which was like it is an amazing delivery yeah it just lands. But it's, yeah, no, it's not a great setup. <laughs> it's sort of like a parody of a kind of TV show that you don't see as much now, too. Wait, so how many sketches do you have there, Kalina? <laughs> okay, okay, so, but none of you will be surprised that Fuck the Bank took best sketch for me. Um, so, so top three were Fuck the Bank, The Days I Know, and Our Extraterrestrials Dull. Mm. I mean, there's so many things better than Our Extraterrestrials Dull. <laughs> <laughs> But I like that about Kalina. I like that Kalina is going for... Yeah, I like that she is proud to be wrong. How is it that you... <laughs> I, I like that about Kalina, that she picks shit things and chooses uh, them as her favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Stu, hit me. All right. So 
I'm going to take a bit more of an esoteric one on this. The easiest one for me for best is Salty Ham. That was the one that always jumped out to us. That was the one that brought us together and had like... Yeah. It's weird that Kalina had mentioned Salty Ham as something she'd consider, but it was, didn't make the top three. Yeah. Salty Ham is just fantastic. I really liked The Cause of Cancer. <laughs> That's in their first episode, and I thought it was just so funny and weird. I feel like that made it into your list because it was in the first episode, mm -hmm. and you were like what sketches exist and that was the first one that showed up but i don't it's not so much as that it was the first one i saw but it, it really stuck out to me i'm not sure if it's just because we i've gotten some fatigue as the season's going on but a lot of my favorites are from early in the season and stuff like because that's in the first episode and it's a mid-show meta breakdown and it just it really worked for me it made, me made me laugh really hard i think i think maybe also part of why it resonates for you Stu, is because it it's someone just owning up to being a bad person and it's you're like, so yeah. funny it's so fucking funny <laughs> I'm all right sorry. he's so sullen the entire time yeah and yeah. he's just such a petulant child about oh he's it. such a petulant child. and then yeah just and i think it's i speaking of dave coming up it's a good example of some successful david yes true he, he gets to be one foot out of the skit but it kind of works and bruce gets to play against it and be like his shitty bobby character all over again be like i'm sorry it caused cancer or whatever <laughs> and my last one is Hopefully not controversially, Running Faggot. I think Running Faggot is hilarious and so strange and so subversive for its time. There's just like, here is the character. And they're both poking fun at the idea of this kind of cutesy trope of like American folk hero and how people perceived gays in the 90s. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, and also just that they had um, portrayed, was, is, it, is it Mark and Bruce that are sort of the evangelist Christians singing the song? Mark and Bruce, and then the rednecks are yeah. Dave and... Mark, I think. Is Dave and Kevin? Yeah. Yeah, there's some dark humor in the, like, running from the rednecks. Yeah. But there's something kind of charming about how half-assed the song is. It's <laughs> like, gotta people talk instead of just a squawk and squawking. And it's like, Run. oh, come on. But then it tightens up with the harmony. <laughs> running free. <laughs> My worst? Um, I didn't read the instructions, and I picked three, but apparently... I uh, everyone did that anyway, so... My worst is the Helens. Helens are the goddamn worst thing in the entire world. It is a blight upon our reality. I don't know why it... Like, I believe <laughs> the only reasons we have Helen is because I sinned in a previous life no. and it's here to punish me. Guys, can I ask a quick technical question? Can you guys... Are you picking up my, my middle fingers on the mic here? Or is, <laughs> is, is that... I'm not sure if that's coming through or not. But Thank you so much for saying Helens because, yeah, that means that I can choose something else just so we can acknowledge a few <laughs> shitty things here. <laughs> So bad. But I think we should also give honorable dismen dishonorable mentions to Lopez. Lopez. And Lopez. Lopez. And I want to, and a shout out to Weston Esterhazy, which was terrible, but it's kind of nice to see a Scott skit fail because so many of his projects are so good and kind of like heartbreakingly genuine that it's nice to see be like, yeah, you tried for Weston. It sucks now. It doesn't land anymore. It yeah. wasn't great back then. It's not great now. Yeah. It's his, your mouth is gross. <laughs> his mouth is so gross. <laughs> Maybe Guys, that was the entire idea behind that skit. It's just like, look at how I can make my mouth look gross. Mark can also make his mouth gross. I feel like Scott has the grossest yeah. mouth though. Oh, he definitely does. It's because he's, he's got the moistest mouth. They do yeah. a lot of close-ups of his mouth at times. And I'm yeah. like, mm, that's a gross mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're... 
We're trying to get him on the show. Don't make fun of his mouth. Also, the head, the head crusher. You get a lot of close-ups of the mouth for head crusher. Scott, we love your mouth. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, Trevor, what do you got? So number one finalist is going to be Dave's I Know, the song that will ring out into eternity forever and ever. <laughs> the greatest thing. It's just yes. one of the things that like I think about when I think about the kids in the hall, just how weird that song is yes. and how how great it is despite its weirdness. Um, yeah, I know it was... I I think it was Dave's I Know and Terriers that brought you and me together on uh, Kiss in the Hall fandom. Yeah, you'd never seen uh, Terriers before. I had, had not. Yeah, yeah. We, we had talked about yeah. Dave's I Know, and then you're like, do you know about the Terrier song? Which we obviously <laughs> haven't got to yet. And I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, so that's number one. Uh, number two, of course, is Salty Ham. And I don't think we need to go over that. Like, this should be on all of our lists, right? I mean, Kalina, why didn't you put this on your list? Like, this is the one thing that binds Shame us together. <laughs> Because estric terrestrials are dull. Oh my oh god. god. Yeah. Because she needed so... to save a slot for RET's doll. Kalina, can you just take your headphones out for two seconds, guys? Can we cut Kalina from the show? Is that a, is that a they want they want they want collectible spoons that say Earth on them. Like Kalina, if there was some other skit that you had cut salty ham for that was like legitimately also quite good, or at least we understood you particularly liked it for <laughs> definable reasons, but you're no, like but see, you know what I th- think, though? I think because I had... So, as I probably mentioned before, like, I used to have this short list that I would give to people who I wanted to get into Kids in the Hall. And the thing is, I feel like maybe those have just gotten a bit played out for me. And so maybe it's, like, more that I got I got excited about an episode... Or, sorry, a sketch uh, in an episode that I had not actually seen before. And I was like, hey, this is actually quite funny. And so... No, that's fair. That's fair. And I, I just feel like I wanted to... I, I, I left a slot for something that... Gave me a little tickle, you know? Unexpected tickle. <laughs> to run run the direct o- opposite direction that you're going on here, like my third one I gave to Head Crusher Part 1, even though I don't legitimately think it's one of the best in my mind now. Mm. Like I would say that it's one of the ones where if you were trying to introduce someone to Kids in the Hall, you would show it. It's like if you're trying to sell someone on Monty Python, you would show them Ministry of Silly Walks. Yeah. If you're trying to get someone into Kids in the Hall, you're going to show them Head Crusher. Like, and if you don't, yeah. why the fuck didn't you? <laughs> I don't think you... I would not. I would not. I'd show them Fuck the Bank. Well, okay, sure. Sure. I, 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 I get it. I think... Lena's I think like, right. I, I didn't like uh, Monty Python and Search for the Holy Grail. I liked the meaning of life, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it when that old fat man exploded. <laughs> All right, Trevor, g- give me your worst. Give me your worst. I'm going to say it's not like legitimately the actual worst because that would go to something like Lopez. But like Cabbage Head is taking my slot for worst just because there's Ooh. too much of it and it keeps going on. And every time Cabbage Head appears on the screen, my brain turns off mm. and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> ugh I'm going to have to suffer through this yeah. again. Yeah, that's that's funny because I think that was one of their more successful skits. To go back to our um, Bruce timeline, do you think this is like the karmic reincarnation of Bruce? He's a shithead throughout his rock and roll life, and then he has to come back as cabbage head. <laughs> yeah. Though he does cause other people more pain than to himself, so I don't know if that actually works. Anyway, continue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess all I have to say about it is everything that I think 
like bothers me about kids in the hall is represented in cabbage head like it's the most saturday night live of the things they yeah, do definitely. you know where it's yeah. just like oh this is not what is special about kids in the hall kalina you've really set me on a spiral i'm trying desperately to figure out how cabbage head fits into the bruce timeline now and mm. I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure i'm going to be able to continue with the recording here this is just a dumb thing that like they did once and lauren michaels was like this is the best thing i've ever seen <laughs> yeah. you have to do this again and yeah. again definitely <laughs> Okay, so first of all, <laughs> I would put uh, Buddy Holly on there. I really like the conceit that, like, <laughs> Buddy Holly was just a drunk just asshole, asshole that deserved to die. <laughs> also an outstanding performance by Kevin. That was yeah, a that delightful, was, yeah. That was just, oh, Kevin handed a Buddy up. fucking Holly. <laughs> That's the delivery, man. Um, uh, so that one's up there for me. Mass Murderer um, would be up, up there for me, too. <laughs> That's could, a really good short Dave sketch. Short right? good Dave sketch that I think in encapsulates the canadianness of yeah. the show too yeah um <laughs> the problem is not the murdering it's yeah. the mass <laughs> and one that i really strongly considered for being one of my finalists but might have actually uh replaced head crusher had i not said like if you're going to show someone the show you have to show them head crusher is teddy bear's picnic that's very where it's fair. just like i probably one of the best bruce performances of the season too where he's just like struggling to explain to scott why the teddy bears picnic is happening and you know just a lot of things aren't lining up about the story and my favorite part of that sketch is the ending when he's having to explain <laughs> his extramarital affairs <laughs> through like storybook excuses like yes. if i'll be honest with you darling I had there was a, a goat <laughs> <laughs> i had a few too many wizard beers yeah that's right uh that was uh, as a as a tangent. Do you think Bruce plays a better adult or weird child? Because he does both to a very extreme. End. He's of the of the kids. He's the only one that plays a convincing adult. I would say. I Scott does a good angry dad too, though. <laughs> yeah, the rest. Yeah. The rest. No, of... Dave plays a great pissed off mother character. Like yeah, like a like a very a very restrictive mother. <laughs> definitely anal retentive <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. A, a lot of the other characters when they're playing a dad kind of feel like their children dressed up and bruce so, seems to melt into the dad oh, role oh like hans in my pajamas right now <laughs> <laughs> i'm a big boy <laughs> no but like what 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 about mark when he plays like sort of the trucker dad that's i feel like he one. does that yeah, really well point. yeah i mean i think i mean bruce is i think bruce is top dad i think that's fair to say mm. but the other the, the others can pull it off from time to time too Guys, I want to I want to say my favorites. Let me talk. <laughs> Let's not let okay. Hans talk. Hey, guys, should cut him out. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Hans. Love you. What What is your faves uh, and what are your worsts? Oh, my God. Okay, well. Um, He's going to talk about Helen's for 20 minutes. <laughs> no. I thought about it. I thought about it. But no, no. I um, I decided I would I would go a little bit more off the board, so, especially since I'm kind of slotting in last in this discussion. I, I think I thought I would show some love to some of the sketches that we hadn't already coved in your list. I also thought that you guys were going to have more conventional picks, and then Kalina went completely off the board. So <laughs> that's also caught me a bit by surprise. <laughs> Um, so for me at number three, I'll put in vacation, which I think, um, Trevor, you mentioned as well as like in your echelon of, of like, uh, good sketches, but that's the one where Scott, Oh no, you were, yeah, no, I, you were thinking the pre vacation blow up. That's what I said. I said the one. Okay. No. So vacation is such a great <laughs> Much one. Much that's a very one, different sketch. Speaking of the yeah, vacation. mouth of Scott. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that sketch finishes with a close-up of Scott's mouth, and he's just <laughs> licking his lips, and it's so gross. 
Um, but it's, I, it's just so absurd and incredibly suggestive. I mean, the whole sketch just opens with Scott's naked body, <laughs> yeah. like, stretched out on screen on public TV. Like, it's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd completely forgotten about it. And then even when prepping for this episode, looking through my notes, I was like, vacation? What's that again? Why did I rank it a 4.75 out of 5? Like, mm-hmm. I had to go watch it again to remember. But, oh, it's so good. Um, number two, I'm going to go with Manny Coon, which mm. is another Scott tour de force. Um, that whole monologue is just hit after hit after hit of amazing lines. Um, I can't like, it just starts <laughs> off so solid. I was, yeah. I was born in a brothel in a town that no longer exists. <laughs> that's such, a, that's such an amazing line. And then, um. I I still take the existence of peaches on hearsay. <laughs> um, except I don't lick strangers' faces unless okay. I'm fucking them. <laughs> or so here I stand before you, drunk, smug, impotent. The only way I can come is to be hit by a bus. I, love I also love oh his God. like closed eye condescension. Yeah. Yes, yes, he is. Uh, I, I love that sketch so much. And then finally, the entire like sketch is also framed by like just him giving a speech to like a graduating class because artist. He's like they couldn't think of any other reason that this guy was just talking for ten. Yeah, okay, we'll get we'll get to it eventually. Obviously, through through our show, if we if we make it that far. But <laughs> the um, there is another character I'm pretty sure called Manny Coon, where he kind of plays someone who's like not all there and foreign. Do you guys not remember this? Ooh, no. So not I don't quite all. know, like, sort of yeah. what the Manny Coon tie and timeline is, but um, maybe he just gets he 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 maybe drives him. <laughs> I think the Manny Coon timeline is the drugs and alcohol eventually addle his brain, and he just becomes. You know. Yeah, or maybe maybe it's the bus. <laughs> maybe it's the bus. It was an autoerotic accident. <laughs> he finally got to come. But I, anyways, that sketch was that sketch was just totally amazing, and I'm going to be quoting lines for it for the next year. But um, and then finally, I know we've disagreed strongly about this already in the past, but my number one sketch of the season, and this was not even trying to pick off the board. This is actually my number one sketch of the season is Skura the Gentle Shark. Oh my god! And I love everything about this sketch. The cheery way the dismembered people mm. greet them as they arrive, and then the way mm. they sing the Skura song from shared <laughs> songbooks at the end is just. Uh, the I thing just is, so Hans, much. did you pick this because it can easily be done on stage in Prince Rupert? Like, is that. Or is that <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really should be, although it would be hard to do on stage just because of the amount of blood you would need. Because uh, there's so much yeah, spraying ketchup. of blood behind ketchup. the, uh, behind the, the <laughs> check in desk. But mm. no, I just. I love that song. I know you hate it, but and I, I, I in replacement of me saying Helens are amazing, which mm-hmm. I really also could have done. Mm-hmm. I'll say screw the gentle shark, and you can be mad at me for that. Uh, so. I mean, it's no salty ham, but. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I will you know all the ones that you guys have mentioned, other than Kalina's yeah. weird picks, are all definitely in the tops. And I had to filter this down, but those are the the top three I'm going to give it to. And then my worst sketch of the season, it was really a toss up between Lopez and Locked of the House. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tricky when, and you mentioned this, Kalina, too, when you're thinking about worst sketch, there's a lot of other sketches that are worse in the sense of, like, questionable choices for content. Like, I don't think that was a good idea. But Mm -hmm. I was thinking, you know, the ones that really stood out to me as the worst, worst, or just the ones that suffer the worst crime, which is just to be not funny. Funny. Yeah. Uh, And in that sense, I give it to uh, the locked out of the house sketch, which was Mm -hmm. just never, there was no part of it that was funny. In my notes, I said, 
when they zoom out at the end and you can see the boom mic in the shot, that was the only funny thing in the sketch. Mm. And it was not even intentional, right? Mm. Um, the other ones maybe made me cringe out of distasteful subject matter, but this one commits that ultimate crime of just being bad and boring. Yeah, the vaudeville guys one, Similar part type. two is like yeah. another one. Yeah. What? Oh, that one was, I love the vaudeville guys. Mr. B! Oh, Mr. K! <laughs> oh, I was talking about the one no, where no. The, the, the oh. racist Japanese. Oh, okay, oh. yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, that was the one where it's like this. It's not the vaudeville guys. It's the bad straight bad, man. Bad straight man. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. Um, which is uh, another vaudeville show, but yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Sorry. I wanted to bring up something before we moved on, By though, which is okay. I wanted to suggest uh, in our hearts most re- rehabilitated sketch, Ooh. Hotel LaRue. Oh, yeah. We should yeah, give it a show. Yeah, yeah, because I, when yeah. we first no, talked about it, we hell? hated Hotel LaRue, but... We were talking before the show, and we were like, we like Hotel Raloon. <laughs> it, it's gr- it's only, grown... Only for its repetitive nature. It has nothing to do it's with the It's something as soon benefit. as you start participating in it, it's funny. Yeah. It's grown on me like a comforting mold. <laughs> <laughs> a cozy mold, like a warm blanket. Ah, uh, those cozy molds. I don't know, guys. I feel like you could say Lopez as many times no. as the Hotel No, 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 because Hotel Raloon has Lopez. all those charming little characters they put together. They have some good like one-liner zings on it the bruce part drags a little bit but i think it's what is it dave and mark in drag are just fantastic what is he doing what is he thinking about is he thinking of me <laughs> will he ever return oh they win my love absolutely i think you guys are just you guys are just swayed by french accents is that it <laughs> i mean that one does also does have it does have dave dave's like french bastard artist is kind of funny <laughs> it's like so good. mark's mark's prostitute is very funny like it it, it really sucked initially but it has grown on me definitely i understand it now is not really a funny sketch but a funny in joke that they put into one episode yeah yeah Hmm. queen i really like your quiet protestations (laughs) (laughs) we are moving on (laughs) to segment two favorite kid is it different from our favorites going in um Stu, why don't you start us off fuck you dave dave's my favorite now (laughs) who okay who who do you start liking you know who's your favorite when you started out remind us and then uh give us give us your uh your changes or who you've really doubled down on you know i actually don't recall who my favorite was going in because it's just been such a whirlwind uh i think yours think, is mark i think you would say i mark. think mine i think what i mentioned was when i was a kid dave was my favorite and then mm. now it's mark oh, that's right mm. yeah 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 um and it's kind of similar like looking back we ragged on Dave a lot for his uh, over it kind of mentality, mm-hmm. but some of his stuff really does stick out and is really funny and charming in retrospect. Like Dave's bits are funnier to think about than to watch necessarily. His- but see, I feel like for most of the time mm. when you were making fun of him, it's kind of like when you're in second grade and the boys are making fun of the girls they have crushes on. <laughs> <laughs> we, all, we all have crushes on Dave Foley. Dave, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on our show, David. <laughs> I, I'd pay David? his child support. <laughs> Bad. Wait, so who is, who is your favorite now? I, I love all my children equally. <laughs> so um, much for criticizing mealy-mouthed answers. I know, too. I know. Yeah. But, but I've also, like, they're also different. Like, Bruce is fantastic, but he also seems like... Inconsistent. Inconsistent and, like, yeah. the least 
useful in the ensemble kind of attitude. Like, his yeah. bits that tend to stand out are his very kind of wacky bits that it looks like he had a hand in. Yeah. But he's yeah. so fantastic. And, like, Kevin seems to get along and adds a lot of flavor to the skits, but he has very few standouts of his own beyond, like, mm. Buddy Holly and things like that. That's actually a good point. Yeah, there's not many, like, he's monologues. The MSG yeah. of the kids in the hall. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. The, he, he doesn't seem to have a lot of showstoppers, and he especially doesn't have a lot of characters you really point to or, like, ah, oh, indispensable Kevin characters. So you're kind of saying, like, they're the exact opposites of one another yeah. in some way. <laughs> yeah. In a lot of ways. But, yeah. like, they both really yeah. contribute to different, yeah. like, different contexts. Though, guys, when we get, when we get to, um, um, Simon and Hecubus, I think that may that change. That very yeah. likely will, yeah. So I'm not going to say I have a favorite, but I will say I think it's the same going in because I, every time I watch uh, another season, I have more appreciation for Mark McKinney. Because yeah. like, we were mentioning this before, he kind of like rides the background a little bit, but he brings a lot yeah. of subtlety and he has little bits that you forget about, like Preacher. Yeah. That he's just kind of like, oh man, you have a really good character that you would like to kind of meta poke fun at by having, like, having a couple layers to the skit. If I can kind of follow up on my favorite, mm. and uh, I would say that at least the one that has risen in the ranks though at most for me is definitely Mark, because yeah. I, I think I didn't realize how much he melts into characters. Like, going through this yeah. again now as a full adult, I'm like, oh, all of these favorite things from Kids in the Hall I have are all Mark things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like he melts into his roles more than others. Like Bruce, I said at the beginning of the season was my favorite. And now more than anything, I think what you said is true. Like I think of him as sort of like the Babe Ruth of the team. <laughs> it's like, what, what, is, what was the actual record that Babe Ruth had? Striking out more than anyone else. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, he just goes for it every time, but strikes out so frequently. That's fair. And he, like, you know, really knocks it out of the park when he does. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Mark is, like, so consistent. Mark is the and... Ichiro of yeah. the kids in the hall. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. Very consistent. Very technically precise. I don't precise. know. I, no, but I feel like you guys, you guys really shit on a lot of his short sketches like especially like the one with the tail i love the tail <laughs> oh lopez. yeah farmer with the tail no okay Lop- don't you dare defend lopez <laughs> no, lopez sucks. i will look to mark, my mark definitely has standout moments but lopez is not one of them you know i'm not necessarily you know that like num like my number one favorite might still be bruce but i now recognize his shortcomings yeah. he's the he's the babe ruth you know Oh, kids, Trevor! Kids just love Babe Ruth, but he struck out constantly. Yes, in I, true meaning, he is the Bruce Daddy to us all. <laughs> we see his shortcomings; right. he's let us down. Hans, Hans, who was your favorite coming in, and where do you sit now? So, coming into the season, I I had strong feelings for Kevin. I like I had my mm. strongest recollections of Kids in the Hall was like of Kevin being zany and hilarious, mm. uh, and I had like tinges of affection for Mark coming in that mm. I I couldn't quite quantify. Um, but now that we've done a, a full season and, I, mm. and I've watched these, I've remembered how much I love Scott. Uh, mm. Two of my top three sketches that I mentioned were like solely Scott sketches. Um, and there's a lot of other sketches that he kind of steps in and saves in some ways, you know, or or he adds a, a like a note that the others aren't adding that just mm. puts it over the top for me. I think of like the um the barbershop uh storytelling and how yeah. he's just a don't like a dunce in the corner with like <laughs> no shoes on and, and and like and and he doesn't even say anything I think but just his physicality draws out the line, mind you're drooling now. <laughs> and you're like it's just ah so he he, he makes so many great sketch good sketches great um you know the other thing too is 
other than the odd line here and there and then some of his monologues, I feel like he didn't find himself on the wrong side of history as often as some <laughs> of the other uh, kids. I Granted, he was the, the yeah. Indian woman. But other than that, you know... <laughs> Mark seems to be the most willing to yes. dress up as a man of another race. Yes, yes. yeah. Mark, well, Mark, Kevin, yeah. Bruce, because Kevin and but Bruce that's... were also the, uh, the, like, the islanders in, oh, yeah. uh, in that no, sketch. I don't think Bruce... It wasn't Bruce. It was Mark and Kevin. Mark oh, it was Mark and, oh, yeah, Mark and yeah. Kevin. Okay, so Mark and Kevin are definitely out there. It was not great. But it, I, I will say this. So, I mean, I, I started off the season as a huge Kevin and sort of Mark fan. Um, Scott has, in the same way that you were saying that Mark has really risen in your rankings over the course of these, and Scott has done that for me. I still do have a, a great deal of affection for Kevin and Mark, though. And I'm, you know, we're going to talk about this later, but uh, Kalina, you already mentioned it. I think once we get into some of the later seasons when Kevin takes on some of his more iconic roles, then he's going to return to my favor. So I look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as all of you probably recall, Kevin has been my lifelong favorite also since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. That whole sort of physical comedy high-pitched, anxiety-laden mania. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, based on the season alone, I've definitely come around to being more of a major Bruce fan. And I think when I was younger, like, I found him just too much of an abrasive character. Like, I think for, like, for talking, like, five, six-year-old kid, yeah. it's a bit, it's quite aggressive. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like mentioned, it, it does sound like he, he was a bit of a prick to work with sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, sort of, like, that rebellious, stubborn streak really makes for some great characters, mm-hmm. like teenager Bobby and, you know, salty ham dad mm-hmm. Gordon. But yeah, yeah, just just give me some Sir Simon Milligan sketches and I'll, I'll return to you, Kevin. I'm still here. <laughs> Half my heart to you. Um... So yeah, so with with kids out of the way, I sort of just wanted to talk about um, biggest surprises this season. Um, were, were there a particular sort of concepts, comedic tools that you either don't remember or just kind of struck you more after we went through them with a bit more of a fine tooth comb? Hans, do you want to start us off this time? Sure. I mean, the the thing that really jumped out at me thinking about this season was just how much was packed into it. There was mm. so many items that were some of the most controversial material they did over the whole run of the show. I mean, they, the, their Dr. Seuss's Bible, like mm. got banned from TV in the States. You know, <laughs> they, they had in the first episode, they did blackface. They have an Indian woman, like they yeah. put some really like, you know, nowadays we, we would consider it offensive. Uh, and, and, just kind of crazy material in that first season. They also had some of their more classic bits that I didn't realize were so early on, like Fuck the Bank, Salty Mm. Ham, Citizen Kane, Dave's I Know. Like, that all of that is in the first season is kind of amazing. Um, Going, you know, when we Mm. took on this project and we were looking at going through and rewatching all these seasons, I had kind of, in my mind, prepared myself for that we were going to slog through this first Mm. season until they, you know, catch their... Yeah, until they, like, you know, (laughs) really hit their stride, and then we would, you know, things would really take off, and instead, like, we've Mm. been on this roller coaster right from the, right, from episode one, so um, for me, I think what I'm really curious is to see how that arc changes over the seasons. Is it, Mm -hmm. you know, since Mm -hmm. my recollection was so wrong, is it, are there going to be waning points in later Mm -hmm. seasons or, or are there higher highs yet to come? (laughs) Um, I was, I was also just amazed if I can just jump, uh, say this real quick, um, that there were so many sketches that I had completely missed or forgotten Mm -hmm. or had gone completely over my head at the time Mm -hmm. that are now total favorites. Like Manny Mm -hmm. Coon and Vacation in particular were ones that I, I I mean, I've watched the entire series in the past. I had completely forgotten about those. And now they're two of my favorite sketches of all time, you know? Others like Poker Game, um, 
or Dave just talking about menstruation or a good attitude. Yeah. Monique, the pyromaniac, date negotiators, yeah. like all of these some, somehow went over my head before, or I'd forgotten about them. So I was just so happy to see all of them um, again and, and to remember how much I love them. Yeah, that's the same thing for me. There were so many sketches that I'd forgotten. And, you know, yeah, clearly none of the borderline racist sketches ever clocked with me as a kid. So, yeah. you know, that was kind of the, probably the biggest surprise. But honestly, like, given how bizarre and dark their humor could be, it was actually funny to see how much of their humor really leans towards really corny, lighthearted mayo. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I think, because I, I think, like, again, like, it depends as when we started out in the first episode, the intro episode, when we talked about sort of what age we were when we sort of first initially uh, absorbed all of the kids in the hall humor. I think it really sort of like, I was just like, I don't know, for me, obviously, I kind of realized it was like a bit more mature humor. <coughs> mm-hmm. But and, and maybe like, obviously clung on to it because sort of of that corny stuff that I could really latch on to, but sort of as a general feeling of what kids in the hall was, it didn't really stick with me. But I just think it really helps balance out the other parts. So, you know, I'd be really interested to know sort of whether each kid had their own influence on each side, whether they each had a dark and light side, or was it the individuals themselves that kind of worked as a counterpart to each other's sort of comedic style? Mm-hmm. You know, hmm. who who smothered the most mayo? That's the that <laughs> question. Um, Trevor, but, what about you? What surprised so you? So what I wanted to jump in when uh, Hans was talking, it was like, I remember when we first started this project, um, we were debating how long each episode should be. <laughs> yeah. I was very much like, oh, we shouldn't spend 20 minutes talking about a 20 minute episode. <laughs> and uh, you, like everyone else was like, well, we should definitely make it more than five to 10, which is what I was saying. And then like you watch the first episode, and you're like, guys, I think we need to make this longer than five minutes. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's like five really good sketches that we all remember fondly in like the first episode yeah yeah um so yeah i, I guess uh, yeah and i've just got the list of them up here and it's like um ballet, ballet crushing your head uh, crushing your cat- head is in the first episode yeah, yeah. cause of cancer um yeah no like that's the first episode um so they got off to a start like really fast and um I guess one thing that um, I'm kind of seeing now as an adult, like, is you're, you're right, Kalina, like, there is a lot of mayo packed into the show. <laughs> but, like, I, in some ways, I can kind of see how, like, we take for granted sort of uh, maybe, like, there's this sort of more anti-establishment flippant sensibility to comedy. But I yeah. don't think that it was very common or very noticeable at all in mainstream comedy before like in Canada at least before kids in the hall. Yeah. Like silliness was common. Um but you know like there's no pro authority sketches in kids in the hall. <laughs> yeah. like, no. No. Like everything is like fuck the man. I mean to be they fair, are extremely yeah. punk rock. I love it. Yeah. To be to be fair, I mean SCTV was kind of satirizing power structures a little bit like but yeah but it was, oh but it's but it so less, magoo well that's the thing it was so much <laughs> so less direct magoo. like sctv <laughs> would like show a banker being a doofus right meanwhile kids in the hall will say fuck the bank <laughs> and i guess yeah. that's why i'm cho- choosing the term flippant because like you could say like i don't know something like monty python was trying to show the absurdity of pro- uh, like uh, power structures yeah but it wasn't just like they had guys like bruce being just like fuck everything in the world <laughs> <laughs> do you know that your checks smell <laughs> i look at miss many throats and I who would fuck you um i don't really have anything that was that surprising but i th- okay 
I'm going to kind of cheap out, but I think I'm going to bring it home in the end. I think the two <laughs> things that really stand out about stick the, the flavor, too. stick the landing, of Kids in the Hall is the darkness and the surrealism. And the surrealism kind of wavers on whimsy, which I think is the kind of like light, dark dichotomy. And that's the thing I love about this is they are like, they are obsessed with death. They are obsessed with things being bad and unfair and not working out. And the system is bad and the man is bad and you're going to die anyway. Um, and, but they still have, they went in this kind of framework of like, they're little punk rock kids, but they're still wearing Canadian tuxedos. Like they're, you know, they're loitering, but they're loitering like outside the mall. They're not the <laughs> baddest kids in the world. Oh no. <laughs> they're theater I, bad kids. <laughs> and I think yes. that always, the thing that always surprises me is the magnitude of their highs and lows. Like when they're dark, they're really, really dark. When they're surreal, they're really fucking surreal. They break the fourth wall in the first episode and make Bruce apologize for giving people rectal cancer. (laughs) (laughs) All of the cancer in the entire world. And, like, they have all these times where they fuck with the format or fuck with the format of skits, like the um, the reality editors that are kind of fourth wall breaking. The thing that always surprises me is how extreme some of their stuff can be. And it's just, it's great. They still have the capacity to surprise even 30 years later. It's fantastic. Well done. You stuck that landing. You stuck that You landing. did stick that landing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something else that just occurred to me was that, uh, as we were talking, that in retrospect is surprising about this first season is how gay it was. Oh, very Oh, very yeah. Gay. Like, yeah. Like, I, I think I, in my mind or in my conception of Kids in the Hall, I, it wasn't as surprising to me in some ways because I just kind of had this idea of like, oh, yeah, Kids in the Hall had a lot of like gay content with yeah. Scott and everything. But n- now that I think about it, like for the first season, for like 1989, 1990, like, you've got Attila the Gay Lover, you've yeah. got all the buddies monologue, you've got Scott vacationing, yeah. you know, like, it, like it, there's so much content there. Well, yeah, and I, I think, I think there's, like, I mean, I, maybe I'm just completely out of the loop, but I still feel like there isn't anything equivocal to that even now. No! No, oh, no, it is really. so. Uh, no. And the thing I love about the the gay content is it's not just like oh we have gay stuff. It's Will and Grace, isn't it? Funny how we like bubble baths. Like yeah, it, yeah. the perspective is very much like this is our friend. Isn't it weird that he has to suffer through this? And <laughs> well, yeah. and I guess like on the other side of it, like we have in our culture, like um, like drag race is, yeah. is really popular and so far now. But like that's also a very different angle where it's not like they're ever finding humor in like a guy that like looks for l- rough trade and then dresses up like Dracula. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was just like, like there, there's there's nowhere out there where like a guy gets lured into someone's a, a gay vampire's bedroom yeah. by getting him tickets off the. <laughs> bus to a to yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs game. Yeah. That's what I mean about it being The bar friendly, has been set I, very high. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like that's a skit Mark wrote to be like, hey, Scott, I heard about Rough Trade. Uh, wouldn't it be funny if like it happened like this? And he was like, yeah, sure, man. <laughs> Let's move on to our yeah. fourth and final segment. What are we most looking forward to? Um... I will start. Um, I mean, we obviously hit our stride with uh, 30 Helens, and I love the recurring characters that we start to see in season two, um, including Bruce and Marcus and competent cops, and obviously the Kevin-Dave duo as Simon and Hecubus. Um, <laughs> but um, on that note, I'm really interested to start paying a bit more attention to the kind of humor that emerges from certain teams of kids. So we'll still obviously get all the monologues that give their own flavor, but... Um, and also, with, they still start to do when they get more comfortable with the TV format and move away more from those stage style sketches. And 
You know what? I know I know we keep saying salty ham brought us together, but I specifically remember <laughs> that the reason we started talking about kids in the hall, whatever it was, two years back now, was because one of our friends was wearing just a towel and we were like, hey, doesn't he kind of look like Paul Bellini? And everyone kind of <laughs> turned their heads. Um, and, and the rest was history. So um, Paul Bellini, we're waiting for you. I completely, I'm so glad you mentioned Paul Bellini. I, 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 I sometimes forget about him, but uh, I'm looking forward to him as well. Um, if I'm going to talk about what I'm most looking forward to, I, I'm also really glad that you mentioned uh, them getting used to the TV format. I think when I was mentioned the arc of the show, I want, I'm yeah. curious now to see as we get into the later seasons, if they step away from some of those more stage focused bits yeah. and get more into the TV format, that's something to kind of look forward to as well. But um yeah other things i you know it's hard not to say specific sketches but there are some recurring characters and and kind of devices that i'm looking forward to seeing uh darill is one of my <laughs> you favorites love i know some Darryl. of you i know some of you hate darill but i can never get enough darill mr pa lured is a nice mm. recurring bit that oh. we have to look forward to <laughs> um i'm i'm really curious to see if blues man is a one season wonder or if if he's done for good or if he'll make further appearances and either redeem himself or further entrench himself uh <laughs> Uh, in shame um i'm excited to see more buddy monologues mm -hmm. now that i'm kind of older and better able to understand and appreciate and critique them they're they're messy uh but they're a lot of fun to kind of untangle so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to more of that what about you Stu? i'm looking forward to two things i'm looking forward to seeing new combination of kids skits because like i feel like we kind of have already seen who likes to work together and who yeah. likes to write together yeah. and i feel like maybe we'll be surprised by by some new combinations that'll be kind of cool mm -hmm. and i'm looking forward to working with you guys some more Aww. you landed that one too good job trevor <laughs> <laughs> you know um hans you were mentioning them kind of getting more used to the format of television and one thing that i've kind of brought up is like they have a bunch of these sort of ambitious sometimes failing uh like entire episode long <laughs> yes. endeavors like chalet 2000 or the like sausage film yes and <laughs> i feel like the sausage film will be divisive because i i'm gonna say i like i like, I like the sausage oh, film no. sausage <laughs> bringing up chalet 2000 and none of the rest of you remembered it no i, I don't actually even know I... what that is it's a it's an inter season uh, special, isn't it's it? It's a it's a Christmas special. It's mm. a, a, the entire thing is a buddy episode. It also involves the Queen yes. and uh, a beaver that yes. Bruce plays. Oh, maybe we have talked about this. I saw the French it. fur trappers are of course a part of it too. Amazing. Also, doesn't Chalet two thousand have um, some of the one of the rare instances of non kids playing roles? Like, there's a couple of just butch men, I believe. Oh yeah, in no. That scene. Like, I, I, got, I think maybe what just happened was they're like. Scott, you get an entire episode. Do what you want with it. Yeah, that's entirely possible. Get it yeah. out of your system. Yeah. <laughs> right, anything else you guys want to mention, recap, review about season one? I love you, ding dongs. Aww. Aww, we love you, we love you too, Hans. I'm, I'm neutral on you. I'm stealing Stu's thunder. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to slather some mayo over the end of this episode. I get your mayonnaise out of my shorts. <laughs> All right, we made it through season one. Congratulations to you listeners and to us, of course. 
You know, um, but you know, think, are we gonna make it through season two? Season three, all the way to season five, make bets, tune in, who knows? <laughs> but we'll be taking a couple weeks hiatus. Until then, get ready, we're about to ride this whole absurdist sketch roller coaster all over again. Bye. 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 Bye.